All right, guys, this is the last edition for the Unit 2. Remember, the Unit 2 is made up of the Congress, um, the President, and the bureaucracy. And then uh, the last bit here is the judicial branch. Another short one, the bureaucracy one was about seven minutes. Uh, this one will probably be about the same as far as content goes um, and what you have to know uh, about this stuff. So, um, But that's where we're at. And just remember that all these things are interconnected. Okay, you've got uh, the, the President and how they interact with Congress, uh, the judicial branch, which we're fixing to do, and how they interact with Congress and the president and, and things like that. So um, just uh, if you can, that's one of the things about this test is the fact that they are uh, a lot of linkage institutions and interconnected with this. Okay, let's get going. So the judicial branch was created with Article 3 of the Constitution. It was left, it left a lot up to Congress, okay, as far as creating um, – the courts and things like that. Um, the Supreme Court was was created, but after that, uh, it left a lot. And so there's a lot of uh, there's the constitutional courts, so the district the district courts, the appeals court, and the Supreme Court. But then you have some other legislative courts where the, the Congress has seen a need, and so they've created their own kind of not separate courts. They're still federal courts, but they kind of fall out of and they're specialized. So the the bankruptcy court and the uh, military courts uh, are things that were created by the legislative branch that don't fit and don't fall into line with the uh, what you call it the uh, the the constitutional courts, which are once again the district courts, the appeals court, and the supreme court. All right. Um, the big case here is Marbury versus Madison. Uh, it always shows up on your test. Uh, Marbury versus Madison, remember, created judicial review. We don't really concern ourselves with the story behind it. It was the whole midnight judges thing with John Adams and Thomas Jefferson refusing to honor those judges. Uh, the bottom line you need to know is that this blew up the whole Judiciary Act that had been created and said, hey, that whole thing is unconstitutional. And that gave them the power from then their own to declare other laws unconstitutional. And so that's where that power comes from, is that court case of Marbury versus Madison. The question usually in the past has always been, hey, what created judicial review? Marbury versus Madison. Or Marbury versus Madison created this, judicial review. Um, I'm not sure how the redesign is going to be, how they'll set it up. It might be a document you're looking at and analyzing or something like that. But um, the bottom line is, if you can remember Marbury versus, Ma Marbury versus Madison, judicial review. You're in pretty good shape there. Uh, the other document was Fed 78. <clears throat> um, we did a mini discussion with that first, first second semester people. Uh, so maybe look at your discussion list. If you had me first semester, we just looked at the document on our own. Uh, so it might be in your folder somewhere. Um, but uh, it is out there. All it does is just discuss the power of judicial review, though. Okay. Uh, so uh, Fed 78, it just discuss, discusses judicial review. Um, and how the courts uh, should have that kind of check on Congress to, to decide if something is constitutional or not. All right. Uh, and the whole thing, once again, they're connected. And it was Hamilton who wrote this, and it, he was you know, talking about how this is a protection against uh, abuse of power by Congress. Okay. All right. Uh, next up is the precedents, not president, but the precedents and stare decisis. Remember, precedents are cases that are kind of ironclad, locked in. Now, they can be overturned. Don't think that a precedent-setting case is always going to be that way. Um, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson was created. It was a precedent-setting case. It created separate but equal. And then times changed, and we got to 1854, and Brown versus, Brown versus Board of Education came along and overturned that. 
Okay. Um, we had Bowers versus Hardwick back in 1986. Okay. Uh, which upheld a lot of the state laws that, that, that outlawed sodomy and other things. And then we had Lawrence versus Texas, which came in in 2003 and overturned that stuff. So precedents can be overturned. Roe versus Wade is probably going to be up for some challenges here uh, in the future. Don't know how the, the court's going to decide there. All right. But precedent setting cases are those cases that we look back and they are kind of bedrock cases. They are pretty, pretty strong, pretty ironclad. Uh, and it's going to take a lot to overturn them. The other thing is stare decisis. Now, don't get it confused. OK, a precedent setting case like Engel versus Vital, no prayer in school. OK, um, if I was to sit down in our class and say, we're going to say a prayer. And you were to sue. The courts are just going to say, hey, Engel versus Vital. We don't have to hear this case. It's decided. It's that's that's a that's a precedent. Okay, uh, stare decisis is just looking back at previous cases that aren't necessarily precedent because there's a ton of cases out there. But stare decisis is let's look at these past cases and if they're similar, let's see what those court those 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 judges decided and let's use that to help us make a decision. It's not going to be the sole basis for our decision. But we can use it. This is why if you watch any lawyer shows, you're going to see them having their assistance and things like that. Go back and find me cases that are similar. OK, uh, that's what stare decisis is. Ready? Um, <clears throat> the court's constantly changing. I know the Supreme Court feels like it's always going to be the way it is because they serve those lifetime terms. Uh, but they are changing. OK, they do change quite a bit because the president gets to pick and makes those appointments. So uh, and remember, he doesn't just pick Supreme Court justices. It's also federal court judges and appellate court judges. Right. So uh, the president has a plays a big role on, on how the courts are and their their political leanings. OK. Uh, Congress doesn't have much recourse for judges. Remember, they cannot decrease salaries. They cannot fire them. They can impeach judges. Uh, but when they make an unpopular decision, Congress really can't punish them anyway. Okay. Not that they, they should, uh, but they can't, you know, get upset and say, you know what? We don't like your decision. You're gone. Uh, they can't do that. Now, what they can do is rewrite the law uh, and make adjustments that way. Okay. Uh, but they cannot change much about the, the course. They could possibly change the jurisdiction of the court. Um, Maybe uh, the other side of it is, remember, the judges really are reliant on the president and Congress to to enforce these laws so or these decisions. So think back to Jackson and the Cherokee, the Cherokee suit. They won in the Supreme Court and Jackson said, hey, you made your decision. I'll come and enforce it. Think back to Brown versus Board of Education. They made that decision. Hey, you need to, to implement this, the segregation, uh, desegregation of schools. Well, the South didn't jump on board and the, the, no one was really helping out there. So um, they're heavily reliant on the, the other branches to enforce these decisions. Okay. Uh, last little bit is uh, judicial activism versus judicial restraint. Remember, restraint is using the Constitution as the sole basis for our, your decisions. Okay. You're not going to be um, going out a lot on your own. It's going to be, we need to stick to the Constitution. Maybe strict interpretation might be one way to think of it. Uh, sometimes it's called original intent, 
What did the framers of the Constitution think? What were they doing when they created this thing? Okay, judicial activism is the opposite. That's where you're using your your personal opinion, your beliefs to guide your decision making. Uh, Yes, the Constitution is supposed to be at the heart of every decision, but uh, you're also going to. Well, my personal opinion is this. And so you use that and that, that comes into play with your decisions. Okay. Uh, some restrictions on the Supreme court. Once again, they cannot fire them. They serve lifetime terms. It protects them from political uh, stuff there. Uh, it also keeps them from having to make decisions and worry about what the electorate's going to say. So, you know, if I make this decision about gun rights or gun control, what's the NRA going to say? There are 10 million voters or however many people there are in the NRA. Uh, they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Okay. But what are some restrictions? Um, well, uh, Congress might be able to impeach them, okay, uh, depending upon what they've done. It can't be for decisions. They can't impeach someone for a decision. But if they if they do something wrong or bad that deserves impeachment, Congress can do that. And that's the same process as um, a president or somebody like that, okay? Uh, Congress can modify legislation. So if something's declared unconstitutional, the court, uh, Congress can come back and say, okay, you declared this part unconstitutional. Let me go back and rewrite this thing and, uh, you know, make changes there. Uh, Congress can create congressional uh, constitutional amendments. Remember, the courts cannot judge those. Once they are part of the Constitution, they are part of the Constitution. They can't be declared unconstitutional. At that point. The president gets to appoint the judges at the federal level, and then the Senate gets to confirm them. So that's a restriction on the, on the courts. Um, once again, the president and states even can ignore Supreme Court decisions. All right. So Obergefell versus Hodges, the same sex marriage case. The states can say, whatever, we don't agree with your decision and uh, just not do that. And then uh, they could also create legislation that impacts court jurisdiction. OK, a uh, couple other points to make real quick. The jurisdiction, you have original versus appellate. Original is just the first court to hear the case. District courts have original jurisdiction only. They will only ever hear the first case. Okay. So if I break a a law by uh, kidnap someone and take them across state lines, that's going to be a federal crime. I would go to a district court and that would be original jurisdiction. If I appeal my decision, that's appellate. You need to remember that the Supreme Court has both original and appellate. They can hear cases for the first time and they can hear cases uh, on appeals. Okay. Uh, A couple other things that are kind of missing from the 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 guideline for what you need to know, amicus curiae briefs. These are letters that people write to the courts when there's a case when the, it concerns them. So if there was a gun case, then the NRA is going to write letters to the court saying, hey, this is what we believe. This is what we think. If you want to write a letter to the court, you can do that. Okay. Those are amicus curiae briefs. Uh, the rule of four, uh, just four justices are needed to uh, pick a case. And remember, they get to set their own agenda. They get to decide which cases they want to hear and uh, which cases they don't. So remember that. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, Something I did miss from the presidency is the signing statement. So kind of an add on here. Sorry about that. Uh, The president, when he signs a bill, he creates a signing statement. And all that is and why it's important is it's his interpretation of how a law is going to be enforced. So Congress creates it, but then the president gets to sign this signing statement and it's his write up of This is how I interpret it. This is how we're going to enforce it. This is what we're going to do. All right. So finally done with unit two for these podcasts. Uh, We got the three left, the civil rights, civil liberties. And I'll get those up after spring break uh, along with unit four and five. So I hope everybody's having a good time preparing for this thing and hope you do well. All right. Bye-bye.